You now tuned in to the hottest podcast in the world, the Stay Woke Podcast, right here on thesonicbreakdown.com. Hey, welcome to another Stay Woke Podcast. This is D-Ray Brinson, and uh, you know the Stay Woke Podcast is again presented by thesonicbreakdown.com. So we got a special guest today coming in, The Beer. What's up, man? What's up, man? I'm super excited to be here today. Thanks for inviting me over to be a part of this. Uh, excited to share my thoughts. No problem, man. Yeah. So let me just let's let's let me give a background on what what this uh, podcast is going to be today. Um, it's kind of a branch off version of what we talked about in the "Will You Sit, Stand, or Take a Knee" um, part one and part two, um, dealing with more social issues um, uh, and and discussing um, different views and perspectives on, on on the social issues going on. So uh, I wanted to begin. This is more going to be kind of like an interview-based uh, type podcast to somewhat extent, but we're going to have some uh, interesting discourse and see uh, see see where it goes. Ho- hopefully, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you got to have some faith. I got you. You're going to be straight. But um, I wanted to begin by saying uh, I want you to let the audience and the fans know your ethnicity, your culture, and how uh, the Black Lives Matter movement and the whole issue with police brutality um, is affecting you and your culture, or is it even affecting you and your culture and, um, and, and your stance on it in essence? No, it's a fair question. It's something I think about just in my free time, riding on a BART, mm-hmm. going to work, you know, uh, does it mean something to my community? So to give you some background information, um, uh, you know, uh, my family's from India, uh, specifically from Punjab, uh, and, and even more specifically, we're, we're Sikh. So you would be most familiar with seeing Sikh folks who you know, wear a turban and a beard. They're truck drivers. They work at the local convenience store. They're, they're, they're cab drivers, whatever, post office. Um, I mean, these are the stereotype jobs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But like, that's how we get mostly recognized. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my background. So, I mean, coming here in the U.S., uh, always definitely, I mean, especially if you wear a turban and beard, which I don't, and, and we can get into that later today, why I don't wear one, and my, my folks do, but um, like my, my, my grandfathers, my uncles, my, my father all, all don their turban and beard still, um, and it, it's a big thing in America, like you mm. get noticed, you know, when you have something like that, it's so distinguishable, yeah. um, and, and you easily get stereotyped and classified into groups, um, to, to kind of hit on, you know, what what Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. uh, means to me. So, so first off, I, I just want to maybe rewind real quick and take it back to um, what happened in like I think it was 2011 or 2012 with Trayvon Martin mm-hmm. uh, and, and also Oscar Grant before Oscar that. Grant, and that was, yeah. Actually, at, at Fruitvale. actually, let, yeah, let's talk about Fruitvale in 09. So, I mean, you know, this was 09. I'm, I'm a Barry, a guy born and raised here. Uh, you know, just like anyone else, I was trying to have a good time, uh, go celebrate New Year's Eve and out in the city. Mm-hmm. And um, on the way, you know, on the way home, I was taking BART just like a lot of people were. I didn't want to drive. Um, and there was all these delays. And you're like, what's going on? What's happening? And, and the following morning, you heard about this whole Oscar, the Grant, cause, yeah, the reason. The Oscar Grant incident yeah. um, with the BART police there. And that, that really shook me up. I was, you know, wow, yeah. for, for me at the time, it was like, okay, yeah, I get it. He Like, he's, he was an unarmed black dude who was pinned on the ground and shot by a white officer. Mm-hmm. But it also kind of sucked because it was New Year's and it was like a bunch of different things. And yeah. So that, that, that really stuck it's with co- me. a culmination of things, you know. Yeah. It's not just any day. It's just, you know, a, a day that you make memories and you want to make, you know, mm-hmm. and having that associated, that, 
that makes sense why it would be, you know, stuck with you, especially if you might you probably were mad at the reason of the delay at the time, and then you find out like, oh shit, like. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that can also maybe have a, an effect and a, and a reason oh, on it. As oh, yeah. Well. I mean, at the end of the day, the story was bigger than the delay, right? It exactly. Was like, I mean, it, it, exactly. There was like but some real everybody shit gets trapped in the moment at that time because yeah. you don't know. And then you find out, like we said, that it's bigger than the moment, bigger than that, that initial reaction. But yeah. Was, so I, I can imagine that having an effect as well. So, no, so, so I mean, pick it up to off, off the Oscar Grant, um, you know, uh, slang. Uh, the next big thing that really hit me was what uh, having a Trayvon Martin. Um, mm. I mean, here's a what, kid. George Zimmerman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here's a kid who's in there. high school. And you know, I mean, come on, man. Uh, just, just, just what happened with that incident where he was kind of stalking him and following him, and he attacks him and tackles him. It was complete nonsense. Um, and it started beginning to raise my awareness into that. First of all, like I, I, you know, I'm aware that. In America, it's not easy being uh, an African-American, especially mm-hmm. a black male. It's very tough. Um, but kind of now seeing this getting uh, portrayed in the mainstream media and people having mm-hmm. these cell phone recordings and videos and all of that became mm-hmm. really real. It gets it, put into the forefront. So I understand mm-hmm. what, what, where the Black Lives Matter comes from and what it stems for uh, and, and what it represents. And, and I support that. Mm-hmm. To tie it back to what does it mean to my community? Yeah, um, I, I've thought about this a lot, and I think it's it's tough because, for example, my folks can't relate to this. Mm. Um, for me, being born in the U.S., growing up in the U.S., I have a diverse upbringing there, right? I get so to go to school with all kinds of different folks, right? I get mm. to grow up with white kids, you know, black kids, Filipino kids, Hispanic, whatever, mm. all kinds of kids. For my parents, they didn't have that, and like. You know, by the time they come to the country, they're in their 30s or 40s. They're, they just they just work, and they're ready for retirement and put their kids through college and get them married. Like that's what's on their mind. Mm. So, I, I I don't you know I try to I try to you know how does my dad feel about this thing? Because my mm. dad you know obviously went through he's gone through some racism in the U.S. Mm. Uh, and he's also you know he's a U.S. soldier. Mm. Uh, he, oh wow! Yeah, he's a, he's a U.S. Army veteran with a turban, mind you, in the 80s. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. yeah before all this Bin Laden stuff ever happened, like. My father served in the U.S. Army, jumped out of U- uh, airplanes with a U.S. Army uniform on with a turban on. God damn. Yeah. Man, that's, yeah. That's, uh, so that's some real, you know, real shit right there. Yeah, that's some real yeah, shit. Um, but, and, and, hey, uh, hey, your dad's a beast. Yeah, man. yeah. No, no, <laughs> no. Super proud. I mean, a hey, few months actually, ago, he actually, real, he actually spoke in front of Congress about allowing Sikhs to continue to be in the military with a turban on uh, here in the U.S. But anyway, it's hard for them to just relate to kind of what's happening. I, I, I don't think they you know it's it's a new story to them mm. for me like when i hear about like you know there's another whatever black dude that was shot by the cops he was unarmed or mm. the situation could have been prevented mm. and i it, it's jarring and, it, and it's like there's not a respect for humanity there's not a respect for folks mm-hmm. uh, for people and the police are not protecting and serving but they're becoming like uh you know judge and jury and executioner all in one and and, mm. and not even matter of time but like a matter of moments they're deciding all of this you know um and and that sucks you know because uh, you know you don't want to have i mean I, ideally you don't want to mistrust your police yeah you uh, should you should if you feel in danger you that's the people you want to call in if you don't feel like safe enough to call them like where does that leave you like yeah. And imagine having that feeling all the time because of how omnipresent mm-hmm. these police uh, killings of unarmed black men is becoming. 
even though I don't believe personally, I don't yeah. believe the incident is higher. Yeah. I just believe the fact that they're getting caught on camera is higher because of the fact the distribution more, more cell phones every day, the di- distributions of people just being more aware because of selfies. More apps have abilities to take video, take mm-hmm. cameras, and we're using them more because of those reasons. Yeah. So you're on devices and you're taking pictures at the same time. Yeah. More often than we ever have been in the history of the in the world. Yeah. So of course you're going to see more shit than you saw before because, like I said, you increase more ability to view record things. Mm-hmm. You're going to get more shit recorded. Exactly. So I don't. That's and so I don't believe. I just believe that the optics are changing because as a result of that. That's just my personal belief as a result of yeah. of the things I'm seeing and. I do want to also say that it is um, it's it's hopeful to hear again prior to having this podcast I just let you know what the topic was going to be you never told me your answers or your responses so all everything that I'm finding out is on the moment and it's reassuring or refreshing to hear you say that that's how you feel um, because if we can get more people because I've said it in prior podcasts as well as black people, we cannot change anything on our own. Yeah, we. No, I don't care I mean, if every single black person in this yeah. country does 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 everything. Like, there's only so much we can change. I mean, it's the same for any ethnic group, you know. Like, you, you know just do it on your own. You yeah, know? You, can't. you you can't. You you need when what Martin Luther King did the bus boycotts. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just black people marching. It was also white people marching as well. And yeah. that's what really started making things change. Yeah. Is because you start opening up the eyes of by the people that are oppressing you and that changes from them being oppressors to helping the oppressed. And so it is, it's something that's needed and having dialogue and being open-minded is, is something that not everybody has, but is needed for this movement, this progression to have a long lasting refreshing change and, and important and needed change. Um, but touching on that, do you feel that other people, let's say, if we want to take this and say in your that yours is generational, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you think that your generation is seeing it more the way that you feel or the way that your your dad feels? Uh, no, I well, I mean, for I, I don't think there's people in my generation that see it the same way I do. I mm. I think that you have to have a level of like social awareness social consciousness to see it like that not like i'm not like you know fucking mm. gandhi or something mm. i'm not like you know sit here but like i i get it in a way and i see what's going mm. on in the system i mean like the type of racism that that uh you know african-americans are facing is uh institutionalized and systemic mm-hmm. the type of racism that my dad faces or my grandfather is just like pure like ignorance like stupid bullshit mm. but like they can still kind of get a job like the cops aren't gonna pull him over and just shoot him you know mm. You know, like, but that yeah. stuff happens regularly to black folks, and and um, it's so it's a different kind of kind of level of racism. It's not it's not something you have to maybe worry about on a daily basis, mm. um, and, and it's not even the cops are your enemy either. Um, it's it's typically like Just you know some ignorant, ignorant some rogue guy. For example, I might, I might be going on a tangent, but like in okay. 2012 or 2011, uh-huh. I think um, 2012 um, there. A Gurdwara is like a Sikh temple, and if if mm. you're anywhere about around the Fremont area, there's a there's a road called Gurdwara Road, which is this, the road into the temple, 
and um, there was a guy who was a he was a Caucasian dude. Mm. Uh, he was a truck driver. He's, he had been in the military. Uh, I guess he had lost some trucking contracts to some Sikh guys who had turbans on. Said, you know, fuck it, I'm gonna go up and march into this temple and shoot all these people. Oh wow! And that happened, and uh, about eight people died, eleven people died. It was yeah. in the news for two days on CNN, and all that, and then never talked about it again. Yeah. Too. Because at the same time, these are people like who wear turbans and beards. So like, can we really? Yeah, we already like, have. Can, we, can that. we spend too much yeah, time on this we already, story? We already have. Yeah. They already have that uh, that negative connotation to that yeah. because of the result of which to me is nonsensical. Yeah, I mean, like to, to, to even for to even for this to even be. Yeah, an issue to me based on an event of is 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 ridiculous. Yeah. Um. But that's the type of, especially, and I'm gonna get a little political with Donald Trump <laughs> speaking We're the way taking he, it there. Yeah. The, the, the way that he speaks about Muslims. Yeah. Is doing the same effect. Yeah. Is 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 having that same. You're 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 teaching hate about something that. Like, isn't necessary? Yeah. No, I mean, you know well, what I'm saying, like, and and isn't even warranted. So, yeah, I it's mean, just it's hard to Donald Trump's just pandering to like the historical yeah. masses, like the. But that's the crazy part about corners. it is that the, that a large majority of people feel that way, and just like you said, and that's why I wanted to ask you that question about is it is it a generational thing or is it just the way. A majority of people feel yeah it, it, from your experience in your culture and your race is that is that and because if it's generational that means there's different ways that that can be approached versus if it's just more of and when you said that that for you or not for you but but like for your dad and for for your family it's something that they don't have to face mm-hmm. and that brings me to a quote that I've, I think I might have said before as well is that a quote that I saw walking on the bus by, I forgot which comedian it was. Uh, I'm sorry for not giving you the credit, but you know who you are. You'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, is that one of the greatest privilege or one of the greatest things of white privilege is that they don't have to face race. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, of course, that you're not white, but um, that that's the thing that black people as a culture has to like there there's nothing we can do about that. Yeah. Like there's literally nothing we can do about yeah. that. If if you hate somebody for their religion unless certain religions yeah it's very obvious. Yeah. But there's certain to a certain degree you can hide it. Mm-hmm. Unless you just outright say it. If you don't want to get prosecuted about it, you don't have to say it. Yeah. But like yeah. there's nothing I there's there's no way I can say, "Hey guys, I'm not black." Right. Right. Like, don't shoot me. I'm not black. Yeah. Like, (laughs) there's no way around that. And so, like, we have to face it. There is no, there's no if, ands, or butter about it. We have to. No, there's there's always a chip on your shoulder for that, in a sense. Yeah. And the the other thing that that also brings me up to is like the fact that that's an added burden that we have to hold all the time. Mm -hmm. That. It makes it, which which brings me up to another thing is like some of the experiences that uh, that I've had as a child that I've till later on that I realized wasn't wasn't a, a just a childhood thing that it was a, a black thing, and one of those things that I, I want to see if maybe it isn't a black thing if it's if it's just 
other variables that caused mm-hmm. that to be to to occur. But like conversations that my mother had with me that I've talked to other people and they said they never had those conversations is about how to address cops. Yeah. Like that's a conversation that I know my mother had with me, my brother, mm-hmm. uh, my other brother that uh, a reminder talk about it with uncles and aunts about it is, you know, if you get pulled over a cop, you say, yes, sir. No, sir. You know, don't move too quickly. You know, don't reach in your pocket unless they tell you to, and you do it very slowly ask for permission to do anything. Um, you know, if you're pulled over in a car, keep your hands on the steering wheel until they come to you and they can see you, um, you know, before they even get there, have your windows rolled down, you know what I'm saying? Like things of that nature, have the music turned down where like that, that I don't, I don't know if other cultures have that or the example of, I remember being in the store and I had my hands in my, I had a hoodie and I had my hands in my hoodie. And I, I don't, I honestly don't remember how old I was, but it was enough that it made me remember it vividly. Mm-hmm. I had my hands in my pocket and we were at the counter and I was with my mom. And she said, LeVar, take your hands out your pockets. And I'm like, why? She was like, take your hands out your pockets. I'll tell you when we get outside. So, you know, my, my mom don't play that shit. So, and she told me twice, this is the second time. So I know there is no fucking chance of getting the third. So I take my hands out my, my hoodie. We go outside and I'm going like, you know, why are you telling me to take my hands out my hoodie? And she's like, because if you have your hands in your hoodie or you have your hands in your pockets, they're going to think you stole something. Uh-huh. And she was like, I know you always, cause I always used to carry a pack of gum in my pocket. Mm-hmm. And she was like, so if you have your hands in your pockets, they think you sold something. They say, take what out your, what's out your pocket. You got a pack of gum that can be easily for what they consider the pack of gum that's sitting on the counter where you're next to. Yeah. There's no way for you to say that you didn't take that, that mm-hmm. you had this prior. Yeah. You don't want to put yourself in that position. Yeah. And so that's the kind of frame of mind that as young black men that we're taught to think. So, like, when we go into places and we do things, like, I just feel like we don't have that freedom that I see other people have where they can just be careless and don't think about it. But it's more like, for me, it's like, all right, I'm in this store. All right, let me stand over here. Don't keep my hands in my pockets. Make sure my hood's down so they can see my face clearly. Uh, If I have my hat forward, maybe I should turn it backwards so they can clearly see my face and clearly see that I'm not a threat. Mm -hmm. Um pulling over like i said what to do what not to do um if you're on the street whatever like if if you're addressed if you're addressed by somebody you know make sure you're clear you know like Mm -hmm. things of that nature is like where if that's constantly going through your mind when do you get a time to relax yeah and is that something that you guys Uh, that, 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 that your culture your family that you see other people have to deal with or anything similar uh, luckily, no. Um, we we don't have that same level, I guess, scrutiny constantly on, on us and always having people sort of judging you based on oh, where you parked your car or you know, get your hands or your pocket in the fucking 7-Eleven or whatever the case may be. I mean, we're, we're the clerk at the 7-Eleven, um, so we're probably wondering why you have your hand in your pocket. Um, but no, 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 this is all, this is all again, I think it goes back to sort of um, coming to America uh and choosing to come in from, I think, the 70s, 80s, 90s on, 
Like you come here and you want to assimilate. You want to really be as much a part of culture as possible. And part of that is, you know, unfortunately feeding into some new stereotypes. Mm. Um, and so some people aren't going to take the time to get to understand the plight of, you know, uh, you know, being black in America because, uh, you know, what the media shows you or, or, or what, you know, stereotypes mm. are is like, okay, you know, uh, be careful, watch out kind of, kind of deal. Right. Mm. Um, again like with myself um I, I so my parents never had a conversation with me like oh how do you interact with the police or whatnot mm-hmm. but one of the things that st- stood out to me in my childhood was after um after 9 mm-hmm. um so f- just give you some context big time barrier sports fan I'm, I'm, maybe we'll get to that later nine or not but mm-hmm. uh my my father a season ticket for the Giants and 49ers. We used to go to games all the time, a whole oh. life. After 9-11, um, I'm at a Giants game with my, with my pops and my younger brother. And a bunch of people, after years of going to these games, are like eyeing my dad up and down because of the turban thing, right? Mm. And, and he's like, oh, he got a turban on. Yeah, because that changed it. Yeah, it changed the, everything in their the mind now. Yeah, they're like, what the fuck? Like, you know? Mm. And, and people walk by and were like, Bin Laden, Bin Laden, like right in my dad's face, you know? Oh, wow. And, and, and with us there too as kids. And like that that shit stuck yeah, out to me. So, so yeah, I didn't get to have maybe the same kind of conversation that your mother was instilling this, like, hey, this is how you interact with the police, whatever, authorities. Um, but it, it was shocking to me because I always felt we were Americans. Mm. This is our fucking country before yeah. anything else. My dad was a soldier. He was an army man for U.S. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, like, you know, people are just... He fought for his yeah, country. He's, he's like, they're yeah, they're the bin Laden. They have no idea. Um, that, that really stuck out to me, man. That was a big deal for me growing up. And it, it made me realize that... No matter how much you know, you feel part of this nation. As a minority of some type, you'll always they'll always mm-hmm. exclude you in some way. They'll find some way, yeah. um, you know, the establishment or whatever. Like the, those folks who don't wish to learn and don't wish to open their mind to what you know what the strength of America is, which is diversity. But um, no, I never had a chance to have that, that kind of conversation. You know, like. It, it just never came up in my household, uh, uh-huh. but I, but I understand that that conversation that your mother had with you is something that happens in countless homes throughout America. Yeah, uh, because yeah, at the end of the day, it's like the things that normal parents see as as the way to make sure that their their children survive and, and live long, healthy lives is the normal things. You know, go to school, mm-hmm. work hard. So they're gonna instill those things in you. Yeah. Like as black parents, you have to add a few more things on that list. Yeah, yeah, it's extra layer. Yeah, there's 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 extra things that you gotta make sure you get across because if not, and even in some cases that we're seeing now today or co- not specifically today, is that um that that even if you do those things, you comply, you don't comply, you could still possibly get shot, get killed. Yeah. So that's the more unfortunate thing. Like I said, I don't think the incident has increased. I just think that it's getting captured more. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully we can do something to change that and 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 evolve as 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 a country and and, and go past that um, so that we can have that feeling that you were talking about. We all feel like we're just Americans because at the end of the day, like even though I have that, I have to go through life living kind of that way that I, that I explained that like you just always feel, and that's what part of me is feels like a lot of 
and I'm not I'm not stereotyping. I'm just going by based on my interaction. A lot of white people um, tend to ask me, "Why don't you smile more? You know why? Why are you mad? Like I'm not mad. I was like, just because I don't smile, it doesn't mean I'm mad. Like, like I said, if you have all those things you got to think about, plus the normal shit like bills, family issues." Like, you know, just living life, the normal stuff. Mm -hmm. And then you got, because again, a lot of black people, I'm not, and I'm not giving excuses, but you come from low income housing. You already got to fight an education battle. You got to fight health issues. Like you got a lot of things already against you because of institutional racism and systematic racism that has you behind the eight ball. So you have those problems that normal poor people have. Mm -hmm. Then you add that on top of the the issue like i said about what you got to think about as a black person and then add that on top of just normal everyday life issues that even rich people have you know what i'm saying like so you got that's a lot of problems you think about mm-hmm. all the time that sometimes you're not it's not the fact that you're not mad it's just literally nigga i'm thinking about like i got shit i got to think about like yeah that is it's not i'm stoic i'm just yeah. i'm thinking but there there has been times where I've seen white people that are in similar, let's say, uh, financial economic situations as me, mm-hmm. but still don't have feel that um, worrisome pressure that I have as a black man. So I can see them having that freedom that I was talking about, that yeah. that carelessness where it's like, like, oh, hey, shit's popping. Like, like they can be on their last dollar and everything, but it's still cool. But like... <laughs> Like it's like for for like me and for like us, it's like if we on our last dollar, which I'm not, that you like shit. Like I got that now to worry about too. Yeah. Like the line from um, uh, Atlanta, the show by Childish Gambino, which I want to shout out, which is an excellent show by the way. Um, he has a line in there when uh, one of the characters uses his money to invest into something, and he's like, "Poor people ain't got time to invest in shit. We too busy poor trying to figure out not to be poor." Yeah, like. You got bills to pay. Like, <laughs> I can't invest when I ain't got the money to pay for this shit. I gotta, I gotta eat tonight. <laughs> exactly. yeah, yeah. So if I invest this money, I ain't got no food to eat tonight. And that's what he was saying. Is like, so like when you thinking and have problems like that. And I'm not saying, but because I can go to mass realms, but that has an effect on you psychologically. Mm-hmm. And so that's just something that people. I think people need to take into account. And hopefully, we get to a point where. Everybody ha- can have that carefree attitude where regardless of what's going on, that's the one less thing you got to worry about. You don't have to worry about that. Yeah, so uh, this going to sound really cynical of me, but I think for us to get to that point, we need a zombie apocalypse or something. Because um, I was about to add, that was going to go where my next no, part was. No, well, dude. what do you think is possible solutions? No, dude. dude uh, I mean, I, I remember you sent me, I mean, you sent me a text a couple of days ago, which other itinerary or the topics would be for, for today's thing. You mentioned a boycott, and, I, and it got me thinking about boycotts. And, and first of all, America's number one religion is not like Christianity or nothing, it's consumerism. It's all about buying shit. Mm-hmm. It was the first thing George W. Bush said after September 11th. Oh, no, no, go to the mall. Yep, I'm going to give you the, yeah. those refund yeah, I'm checks. Gonna get ta- the, refund the, check. The, uh, Buy shit that, you don't need. No, Buy two was washers. It, it was called something. Uh, it wasn't bounce back to work. Anyway. Yeah. But, uh, no, no, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. But it sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, but it was something. I can't think of the name. But it was, it was. 
and but they were they the said Bush best tax buy, cuts. Yeah, they yeah. said uh, Best Buy sales went through yeah. the roof. Yeah, go as buy as soon oven. as they were released. TVs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, buy shit like that. Buy ovens and TVs. Instead buy. of shit that you needed, like. Yeah. Let's say they put in that in the savings account and yeah. use that for yeah. our bills in the That's next probably what you months. should have done. Yeah. There's a fucking national emergency going on. We should have saved the money so everyone bought fucking RVs but like and you said, fucking we, tables and refrigerators. We're a country that lives yeah. above our means. Yeah. No, always. I mean, and, and this is nothing new. No. Um, I mean, this, this, this really, this kind of style began uh, after uh, World War II. Um, you know, yeah. the U.S. was kind of on top. They were like, damn, dude. I mean, yeah, uh, you know, Japan's so. nuked. Uh, Europe has been uh, beaten down to rubbles. Uh, it's just me. It's just me and Russia. Their commies will be the capitalists. And that's it. The world's split in two. Yeah. And so they, they, they were like, OK, well, oil is the big resource. What do we mm. do here in the U.S.? What do we do? What, how do we get people uh, not thinking about all these freedoms and, and civil rights and what World War Two represented? How do we get them on like we won the war? Now go, you know, go live fat. It was consumerism. It was marketing. Exactly. It was Fifth Avenue. You know, the whole, the whole show Mad buy, Men, the whole show Mad Men is exactly. all about like manipulating your mind to buy shit to you buy don't stuff, need. Exactly, to buy stuff. You, and, that, and that wasn't just like one industry. That was yeah. all the industry. industries. Yeah, yeah, I mean, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the industry itself, like that was, like you said, it was and, prolific. And it the seeds everywhere. were planted back then. And so, you know, that's where we are today. I mean, uh, uh, dude, we're all guilty for buying shit we don't need all the time. I don't care. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i mean you know you fuck it you don't need a ps4 but whatever you'll buy it and buy seven games and play it but you can probably so live you your think life without it do you think those boycott then the boycotts that and again i want to give uh sean king credit mm-hmm, yeah. um because uh that's where i got the information from and um so just just a brief brief background and then we'll, we'll continue yeah. um is that uh sean king put out a newsletter uh for the new york daily news i believe um and is basically stating that a boycott uh that that he he's organizing as well as others are organizing a a boycott um to occur in december the plans are going to be secret they're going to be revealed at a certain time so i'm not spoiling anything because I'm sure. So it you don't was already know what, what retailers are being boycotted. Nope. Okay, that will be released at that's another. That's a key time. question. Exactly. That's a good thing to know. We, but we we the, the whole purpose of it is we don't want to give them a head start to mm-hmm. to prep yeah. and how to deal with it. For sure. For sure. Um, so if it's last minute or close to last minute, mm-hmm. we're gonna give them just enough time. Not even enough time. Just enough time to for the word to be spread, but not enough time for them to do anything um, to to affect it and. As as the letter said, regardless of regardless of the cause, are are the there's not going to be no length associated with it. It could be one day, it can be indefinite until until a long lasting affecting change occurs. Because as as you were alluding to, uh, hitting their pockets is the only thing that tends to make an effect. Because protests. Protest is to bring awareness, in essence, to to make the issues known. The issues are known now. Are so they? Are they really? The issues are known. I think it's people just are people so don't just, care. That's oh, what I okay. believe. People, okay. The issues are known. Because people are still just worried that Colin takes a knee, but they don't understand why he's taking it. But they're just like, oh, because he's a knee. no, I believe that they they hear why he's not taking a knee. They hear, they I mean they know why he's not standing. Rather, right, they right. know why he's taking a knee, but they don't care. 
Because if they cared, as we've had in part one and part two, if they cared enough, they would stop talking about why he's taking the knee and focus on, I mean, stop fo- focusing on him taking a knee and focus on why he's not, why he's taking a knee. And they're not, and they're missing the message altogether, and they keep on diverting and distracting the, the you, by way of media, through media, via media, to the masses to focus on the knee versus uh, black people being oppressed, police brutality, uh, racial inequalities, mm-hmm. all of these things that we're talking about, systematic institutional racism, police not being held accountable, things of that nature. They're, because he stated that several times. He's made it known this is why. It has nothing to do with military. It has nothing to do with um, anything else besides what I just named. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I feel like they, they know and... If you're that aware of Colin Kaepernick taking a knee, you have to be that aware of Terrence Crusher getting shot, Alton Sterling getting shot, Ferguson, Trayvon Martin, um, Philando Castro, Sandra Bland, uh, Tamar Rice, um, the the uh, the other young kid. I, I can't think right now. No, I'm there's sorry. a lot. So like yeah. the list can go on and on. But I'm saying so if if. if if you know that, then you have to be aware of these. And if you're aware of these, and you because you don't see those same numbers of you can't name name a white name any other race that's been shot by an uh, an unarmed other race that's been shot by a cop, and name this the list that I've named just off the top of my head, and that you can also name and that that we as a as a room. We've heard at least a couple of those names, if not all. What's my favorite? It's like, name me five San Francisco Giants, you know, can you? But, like, yeah, no, you're right. Exactly. It's like, like, do you actually know? Yeah. And, and it's, it's impossible to, to do that for any other ethnic group or racial group. Exactly. And, and to me, that shows, that has to show, and that has to show that it's not, it's not, these aren't oddities. These aren't just coincidence. Anomalies. Yeah, anomalies. <laughs> yeah. It has to be more than that because the, the, the ratios are too high to be. For especially, especially for a culture that makes up less than twenty percent of the population. Yeah, I think it's less than fifteen. Yeah, we're. I think we're at thirteen, fourteen. There you go. Yeah. To be honest, and we're in the decline. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You no, know, you hit on some real. I mean, really heavy stuff. I mean, to, to address some of it, I think it goes back to. So here's the thing, you, you know, you you boycott Christmas time. And you're you're boycotting these major retailers, but can you get the rest of America on board? Can you get the rest of them into that? And that I think that's the big question. Because um, if you can get the rest of America on board, then that's great. And and you got you know, hundred a few hundred thousand people in front of every wall in America boycotting something. It, it's a matter of making it um, crossing like racial lines and having all everyone get behind it. I don't think America as a country is ready for that. I think I think everyone's really neatly put into their fucking uh, sections, even though we're supposed to be all diverse and land free and melting pot. We're we're really not a melting pot. No, uh, um, every, everyone's really just kind of con- you know, uh, I mean, segregation is a strong word, but uh, like they're, they're they're divided. Mm. They're not they're not all together. So I think that's something to really keep in mind uh, and. The the concept and theoretically the boycott sounds great, but I I don't know if it's gonna get like that national fervor 
and you're going to get, you know, throws and throws of because the because frankly, to really make this known, you got to get white people behind it too. And that's and that's what I've been that's what I've been saying from the very <laughs> jump is that is that 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 is and that's why when other black people say things like um when Rodney Harrison um said yeah, to, said about Kaepernick, Kaepernick yeah. that he's not even black, like <laughs> what does that even have to do with yeah. anything? The fact that yeah. we should be, it, if if Tom Brady stood up if and Tom if, 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 if Tom Brady did that, you yeah. know how much of an impact that would have. And he's not black; he's white, as we know. If a white prominent person, especially athlete, celebrity, no, it'd be amazing. Like Aaron Rodgers, isn't he? Yeah, if Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> Tom Brady, uh, Derek Carr for the Raiders Derek fans. Carr. <laughs> Freaking Rob Gronkowski because yeah. he's he's widely known. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Greg Olson, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of tight ends because uh, one yeah. leads to another. But anyway, no, but, but, but yeah. that would have a major impact, uh, and that would that would have a great. That, and so that's why when 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 Matt black Prater the kicker, <laughs> <laughs> when black people say that, that's why that I'm like you're you're hurting our cause, yeah. like, and and you're not thinking, and, and those same people will talk about Martin Luther King. It's like. He wanted other races to join as well. Yeah. He embraced that. Yeah. No, be- because that's what that's what we're, if we're asking to be treated equally, then having them join us and treating them equally is the only reasonable response. Like, yeah. that's that other than anything other than that that makes no logic. Well, it makes no logical sense. Let's do simple math. I mean, thirteen percent of the country can't yeah. get like you know the other eighty-seven percent. To get behind them, we live just, in a democracy. Yeah, if like straight <laughs> worried about you know their their plight and if their people get. I mean, you you gotta you gotta appeal to the masses for any movement, for any movement to work. Whether it's you want free bread or whatever you want, you gotta appeal to. Yeah, the masses. Yeah, you have to get enough people behind you yeah. to support you. Which is I'm like the, a zombie apocalypse would work because no one would care if you're black, white, Indian, <laughs> fucking turban or not. You got zombies after you. We're all fucking. We're alive. We're living. We're gonna fight against this shit. You know. Uh, but we're not there yet. So <laughs> like, I mean, I, I, I don't. <laughs> if you think it will work, that's the only part of me that says I, 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 I kind of want that. But uh, no, nah, nah, it's not gonna be uh, fun, buddy. It's not gonna uh, be fun. But other than that, no, uh, yeah, no. But no one uh, wants to get their leg. But on some, on some, uh, uh, on some real, like, I hope, I, I do, truly, 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 truly hope that. Uh, this does take effect that it does hold on that it doesn't have an impact because we can't have an impact as a black culture because like i said before the black culture contributes i think it's 1.7 trillion dollars to the economy a year and oh the actually the population i'm sorry a correction uh uh flown in by our our statistician over here our, our <laughs> researcher I, i'll leave his name anonymous but thank you researcher uh, that the population is actually twenty three percent, so it's better than uh, okay. than than I was hoping. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I'm and, I'm, I'm and impressed he too. Didn't, he didn't he didn't quote he didn't quote the source. So uh, these are my numbers. I'm okay. just saying I heard thirteen percent, okay. but our, our our researchers said twenty three. So we're gonna go with twenty. I'm just happy we have a stat guy. Hey, uh, yeah. hey, we we doing big things over here. We doing big <laughs> things over here. Um, but uh, like I was saying, is like the the black culture contributes 1.7 trillion dollars to the to the u.s economy mm-hmm. that's a lot of money that 
if it's diverted to other areas, such as black-owned businesses, oh, yeah. uh, black banks, um, supporting black, uh, black-owned black businesses, again, will help provide more jobs for black people, um, as well as people of color, I'll say. Not just black people, but people of color. Um, as well as continue to divert funds from big businesses, will which will affect change. Because if you're messing with their money, they're going to try to figure a way to get it back. Yeah. And if pandering, um, changing rules, laws to assist in that occurring business, they want to make money. They'll suck that up. And hopefully I'm hoping that loss of money outweighs their racist, bigotry thinking. Yeah. Um, and all, not all races are bigots, but and all bigots are racist. And, exactly. And, so, and, uh, a potato is a French fry when it's fried. Um, <laughs> but like, <laughs> but um, so I, I'm I'm hoping that, like I said, that loss of income will outweigh uh, racism and discrimination and institutional and systematic racism yeah. by affecting change in policy, thinking, and and in essence, culture. So. I think for that to like really take effect mm-hmm. and for, you know, maybe let's even say 45% of the country is 100, 100% behind that, what mm-hmm. you just said. So like a good half, just under. Like America has to go through like another really big like economic decline. I, I think uh, in general, like we're still pretty well off. That's why I kind of joke around the zombie, you know, yeah. like I don't know zombies aren't going to come, but like, um, because then now it affects a large well, enough of well, the population at yeah, one point. Yeah. But they could. Um, but, um, yeah, but no, I think, I think you need like another big recession where people like kind of lose their houses that you, you get, you get another good so this chunk of folks who fall out of the middle class. So this would have been more effective during the housing crisis. Well, the peak of the yes, housing crisis. Yes, yes, but 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 at that time, no one was ready to talk about this. Shit. Yeah, no, no, I agree. Yeah, I'm just saying yeah. that if all the events that have been occurring in the last, let's say, two to three, if years, you mix these like political social events with the economic events from like '08 when the housing crisis happened, I mean, if you together, if it all came together, then I think yeah, you would get a lot of like uh, a change it would be all like around. The perfect storm for yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 rapid substantial change yeah like mm. I, like because because what you need you need everyone to like get over their fucking like you know simple differences mm. and get behind the idea that there's a common enemy it's hard to have a common enemy when when everyone's in like a you know some people are doing good some people aren't yeah. I, you know i can go buy seven ps4s for christmas this guy can't you know yeah. like uh so like you know who was a boycott you know like i mean it's it's it would be it's very hard. I mean, for, like I said, I started this by saying consumerism is a religion in America. I talk about the whole madman. I talk about it like people love to buy shit yeah. here, and so to, to get people to not buy shit is hard enough. No, I agree. I have yeah. a lot of hesitations about this as well because there's been other things and events that have occurred that that continues to show that the turnout isn't quite what we hope or anticipated it to be. Yeah. And this is something that I anticipate if it's going to be effective is the, the breadth and the depth at which it will have to be mm-hmm. is going to be cause too many sacrifices 
for too many that aren't willing to make them. Yeah, no, because pe- some pe- sacrifice. Yeah. No change will happen. With like I've said it a million times, time, money, friends, family. Those are one of those things will have to be sacrificed. And I'm not talking about death again. I'm just talking about lost yeah. Yeah. as a result to affect change. Mm-hmm. So that if it's if it's time that you're volunteering, donating your time to affect change, like sitting on boards, going to council meetings, um, writing, talking, calling your congressman, congresswoman, uh, people in all, any positions of office, voting, that's t- time that will be have to sacrifice. Money, if we if the boycott is to occur and to affect, you're gonna not be spending your money somewhere, which might cause you to spend more money somewhere else. Yeah. So you're gonna be spending more money, which is gonna cut your your funds in essence, and and might have to sacrifice your the quality of life that you have now. So I think, just painting a picture for you mm-hmm. and going off what you're saying. I think that you would get a more like widespread, regardless of like culture, ethnicity reaction. Mm. If you had like people having to go fucking steal milk or groceries from the grocery store because our dollar has crashed. Then you get people from all over the place behind that and the police shot them because they took the milk out or whatever. And then they were unarmed. They had to get the milk for their family. That's when you would get this kind of like revolution is act people would people would be fuck it, i'll sacrifice because every great activist and every great revolutionary i know they uh, are, are i've learned about freedom fighter um they, they, they gave it all i mean they gave their all i mean there was a point in their life where they realized if like this movement or this belief i'm into is it's gonna bigger work than me. it's bigger than me it's bigger than my mom my dad my wife whatever my dog it's bigger than all of it it's bigger than my little neighborhood like i'm gonna do my own thing how do you make that occur that's what I'm saying. You need like I'm saying we need our economy to crash, man. I don't think and I, I think and and that, but that's what I'm saying. I think people like, are living too good right now. Still. Yeah, that like you said because you said people are living too good. So and when you're living bad, those things that I mentioned are lower on your list than they are now because just surviving and making well, just it is you, higher like, on your list. Give you versus, like relevant examples in like you know foreign affairs, like mm-hmm. the whole Arab Spring, Egypt's revolution, exactly. everything that's been yeah. going on. You know, in Brazil. Uh, Venezuela. I mean, these revolutions uh, are happening right now because Columbia, like their too. economy's all tanked. Mm. It wasn't like things were totally perfect, but at least people had bread on a table or food on a table. Mm. As soon as you take people's food away, that's when like everyone just stands up. Yeah, they because, forget. Yeah, like I said, like then because your priorities are readjusted from yeah. from the things subjective it, shit to real. Yeah, shit. Yeah, to real <laughs> shit is like food is more important yeah, versus. Then, we got enough food. I'm not worried about that going anywhere. I'm going to eat. Yeah. Versus now it's like, oh shit, I can't eat. Oh, we yeah. got to make some shit happen. I have enough food. I have to pay the Wi-Fi bill. Yeah. You know, some black yeah. dude got shot on TV. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah. Okay. They're going to protest whatever. I'm still going to eat my food. Yeah. Um, yeah. Take the food away. Take the Wi-Fi away. Everyone's tripping out. Yeah. And now they're worried about the black guy getting shot on TV and everything else. But so, that that is a little sad. You're bringing me down. I'm a cynic, man. I am. But yeah. I smile a lot because I know it hurts. And it, I really like I I wish like when I was younger, but uh, I'm an optimist, so I am now. <laughs> I'm still good because I believe it's gonna have an effect. Now, to what degree, I don't know. But if we keep on making small chunks, yeah, long enough, it's gonna crack. No, I certainly don't want to be a Debbie Downer with that. Like last, no, but I, I, but no, yeah. and but the, I do. I did want you to. That's why I wanted you on here is because 
Well, first, I didn't know that you were going to be that way, but I do like to have, because it provides another perspective and that it provides things I didn't think about that I can now think about to try to think of possible solutions for what you said. Um, and other people, other listeners, maybe can do the same thing. And, and using our collective minds together, we can possibly figure out a solution to these issues and make long-lasting changes without having a zombie apocalypse. Oh, yeah. I would, I would rather be proactive than reactive, 100%. So, uh, yeah, no. It's about that time. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> we've, we've droned on here tonight. So, uh, but no, amazing. No, but yeah. And so, I, again, I, I know we've been talking to you guys for a minute. We're definitely going to have to have you come back and uh, continue this conversation, branch out to other things, because we did want you to come back and talk about uh, your uh, sports fandom, because I've been looking for somebody to have uh, a good sports conversation, because you're a Giants fan and Warriors fan, right? And an Irish fan. And that's the really fun, and giddy Niners. stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, we're can. We, yeah. we definitely going to have to get in a conversation. No zombie that. apocalypse. They're only Kaepernick apocalypse. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, 3-1, Warriors had a lead. What happened? You know? Uh, so know. these are the I questions. Um, but we will definitely come back and broach those and more sports topics as well as social issues. So, again, I want to thank you. Thank you for coming on and giving your perspective. It, uh, it was very welcomed and, and nothing to be nervous about, man. You killed it. No, dude, uh, it was absolutely awesome. I had such a ball. I'm, I'm glad you let me ramble on and go on tangents. It was incredible. Appreciate your time. No, well, appreciate it. We're going to have you back. So, again, this is D-Ray Brinson, and we got the beer over here. So we're going to have him back. And uh, this is another Stay Woke podcast presented by thesonicbreakdown.com. And as you know, the motto, live, listen to some great music, and above all, love more. We out.